Sasha said, hoping that a small engine in the heel of each shoe would do the trick. She peered down at the clearing, hundreds of feet below. The village's bear, a massive creature, loped around the perimeter of the clearing, along with Petrov, the horse of Nicholas St. North. Sasha was wondering if she'd ever be allowed to ride Petrov when she spied tall William, the first son of old William, squatting on his heels, talking to a group of centipedes. The children of Santov Clausen had begun to learn the easier insect languages, ant, worm, snail, but tall William was the first to tackle the more difficult speech of centipede. Sasha pressed a trumpet-shaped sound amplifier to her ear. Tall William reported what the centipede said, that all was well. Pitch, the nightmare king, was nowhere to be seen. It was a warm summer day, but the memory of that terrible time when Pitch appeared in Santov Clausen made Sasha shiver as if it were the darkest night in deepest winter. Pitch had once been a hero of the Golden Age, an ancient time when constellations ruled the universe. His name, in those days long ago, was General Cosmetis Pitchener, and he had led the Golden Age armies in capturing the feelings and dream pirates who plagued that era. These villains were wily creatures of darkness. When they escaped, they devoured the general's soul, and from that moment on he hungered for the dreams of innocent children and was known simply as Pitch. He was determined to drain the good from dreams until they became nightmares, every last one of them, so that the children of earth and then the other worlds would live in terror. And the dreams of the children of Santov Clausen, who had never before known fear or wickedness, were the prizes he coveted most. Sasha, like the other children of Santov Clausen, had survived that terrifying night when Pitch's feelings had nearly captured them in the enchanted forest, thanks to a glimmering boy with a moonlit staff who drove back the inky marauders. Now she climbed out onto a branch and hung by her knees, still holding the ear-trumpet. The world looks different upside down, but it sounds the same, she thought. Sasha listened once more, then lowered the sound amplifier. The insects had said all was well. Even so, what if Pitch and his feelings come back again? She frowned. But before that thought could darken her mood, Petter called out for a new contest. Race you to the clearing, he shouted, leaping for the nearest branch. Scrambling down the tree, Sasha's shoes and gloves now gave her the advantage. She landed proudly in front of tall William and his brother, William the almost youngest. Her own brother was still half a tree behind. She was about to brag about her victory when she spotted the stone elves hunkered amidst the vines and trees. There were at least ten statues in total, and they made for an eerie and unsettling sight some with arms raised, swords at the ready, others frozen in mid-scream. They were Nicholas St. North's band of outlaws, turned to stone by the spirit of the forest. The spirit had spared North, for he alone was true of heart.
Rejecting her offer of riches, he had gone to the village's rescue when Pitch attacked again. He then decided to stay in Santoff Clausen and became their wizard, Ombrick Shalazar's apprentice. The spirit of the forest was just one of the magical barriers their wizard had devised to protect the village when he first created it. He also conjured up a hundred-foot-tall hedge, the great black bear the size of a house, and the majestic oaks that blocked the advance of anyone who tried to enter Santoff Clausen with ill intent. But none of these had been able to protect the children from the shadows and feelings at Pitch's command. Petter and his friend Fogg began crossing stick swords with each other, acting out the battle that took place when Nicholas St. North had come face to face with Pitch. Everything they knew and loved had seemed lost.